get me. From Studio A in Arcata, behind the Redwood Curtain, it's time for... Suckatash. Yes, Suckatash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcast. And also interviews with comedians, comedian soundcasters, and other showbiz folk. And now, here's this episode's host from up the coast, the man who puts the X in Xbox and the tie on antisocial, comedy soundcast soundcaster, Tyson Saner. Saner. Insaner. Insaner. Thank you, Bill Haywatt. Saluto, Nestus, me, Tyson Saner, welcoming you to episode 319 of Succotash. Thank you for making us your destination for this period of listening that you are currently embarking upon. This show started 11 years ago as a way to feature comedy people and their podcasts, which we here at Succotash have been calling Soundcasts as a way to separate the medium from the dead format known as the iPod that it is named for. As time went on, the soundcast proliferated in a way that is still quite surprising at times. More's the merrier, more for show creator and executive producer Mark Hershon and myself to choose to listen to, take snippets from, and ultimately present a few of them to you, the listener. If this is the first soundcast that you've ever listened to, I'd like to thank you from the bottom of my heart for choosing us. I've got three clips to share with you, but first, I'd like to point out that last week in episode 318 of Succotash, the aforementioned Mark Hershon brought you a quadrilogy of clips from soundcasts that contain comedy and sports. Namely, Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson, Sportsfeld, The Grade Cricketer, and The View from the Cheap Seats. It is the first time in this show's history that it has featured an all-sports-related soundcast lineup, and I found it to be actually quite an interesting listen. You can find that episode in our show archive at www.suckatashshow.com or pretty much wherever you might listen to soundcasts in your own personal future. The clips I will be sharing with you this week are from the soundcast called Jake Yap Presents, Not Today, Thank You, Strong Songs, and Trashy Trashy. I feel like this episode is loaded with feminine energy, but I'm not sure that I am the best person to evaluate that. I will let the listener decide. I'm pretty sure I've got a classic advert from our longtime 100% fake sponsor, Henderson's Pants, around here for you somewhere as well. Let's get to the clips, shall we? First up, Jake Yap presents Not Today, Thank You, from Swanburst Media. Its description says, A once-daily, now-occasional podcast featuring Jake Yap as seen and heard on Charlie Brooker's Weekly Wipe, Radio 4, and Six Music. It does not say much more than that. The clip I've selected for you today is from a show from October 7th, 2020, featuring Ellen Rose, and it's called Game Saves. Its description goes on to say, also, David Alt, that's A-U-L-T, tells you how to distribute your wiener, and I tell you how to lock it up. No idea what that means, and I listened to the episode. So, there is no mention of Miss Rose in the show description, nor is there any additional information about her in it, according to a page on youtube.fandom.com forward slash wiki, forward slash Nelly Rose, she is listed as a, quote, English YouTuber best known for being a host of Outside Extra as well as being a former host of Xbox On, unquote. Now, personally, I have been watching content from Outside Extra for at least five years now. I've also been watching and enjoying content from Outside Xbox, the original YouTube channel, which Outside Extra has spun off from for even longer. I'm thinking seven or eight years now. Regular listeners of Succotash will notice that I have been featuring content from one or more member of both those channels for a few months now. 
including Epi 317, which featured a clip from Mom Can't Cook, a DCOM podcast that was hosted by Andy Farrant of Outside Xbox and Luke Westaway of Outside Extra. In Epi 315, I featured a clip from Oxventure, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast that featured Mr. Farrant, Jane Douglas, and Mike Channel of Outside Xbox, along with Ellen Rose and normally Luke Westaway, but in the episode I clipped, Mr. Westaway had a substitute special guest player, Harry McIntyre. Here's your clip. I, I, you know, I have not been the most assiduous follower of uh, your story on YouTube, mm. but my God, you've been in the wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the hell? Um, yeah, no, I've been, I've been doing uh, YouTube for over 10 years now. Um, and it, 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 something that I started off as a hobby and is now my job. I work for um, Outside Extra. Um, we're a sister channel to Outside Xbox, and we talk about video games and such. Um, and, yeah, it's it's been a very slow and steady climb to gradually making it my career, which is quite <laughs> nice and strange, but that, that's sort of how it happened. Um, yeah. yeah, I was just ma- making my own videos for years, um, and then one day I got a, a, an email um, out of the blue mm-hmm. um, from people saying, hey, we make videos for Xbox uh, and we saw one of your videos and we'd like you to audition. I actually couldn't audition the first time round because I was in hospital oh with a God. kidney stone. Right. Um, now, I've heard about these, these sound like... Yeah. I feel like you could recreate Mount, Mount Rushmore. Oh, it- Totally, yeah. I've got this really fun thing called cystinuria, which means that I make a lot of kidney stones because I've got a chemical imbalance um, in my kidneys, which wow. means that I make these special rare kidney stones. Um, I mean, in gauges. the world of Minecraft, that would be oh my goodness, what a find. endless, endless. <laughs> um, but yeah, like. Uh, it took ages for me to get diagnosed because they don't show up on x-rays all that sort of stuff um but yeah one of the fun times when i was in hospital with one Mm -hmm. i I couldn't audition in time but then like six months later they asked me again and i did wow so i was there was me like looking at these people that i really (laughs) admire their work and i'm like they want to hire me what with um everything happening right now we're doing a lot more live streaming we can't go into our studio or anything, no. um, but uh, we're, we're still having a lot of fun making videos from home yes. um, in these weird times. Yeah. They are weird times. Um, I think, you know, people, a lot of, you know, they don't really understand. I don't understand. What are you, I mean, I, you know, I occasionally make <laughs> videos and put them on YouTube, but mm. the, the graft to get to where you are on the YouTube thing. It's it, what? It's, it's, it's hard. And I, I saw a video of yours where you were like, I don't think you understand how boring a lot of this is. Like, <laughs> yeah. like editing video is so dull. It's one of my least favorite things. Yeah. Any audio, it, I'm fine. But video is just always such a pain. Yeah. It's like sometimes it really pays off and you make something and you're, you're really pleased with it. And you think, great, this is the thing that I'm going to go back and watch and go, yes, I can do this job. That's good. Um, <laughs> and Must be lovely like, so, sometimes though you like, oh, you're just like, it's a real slog and you, you like everyone thinks it's especially if you're doing gaming stuff, people just think, oh, Shut up! Yeah, just shut up! Yeah, yeah. no, shut up! Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just like no, it's not. 
playing video games. It's, no. it's writing and editing and filming and editing again yeah. and then making that, putting that all together, recording gameplay that will fit what you're yes, saying. exactly. And- uh, something I learned once, and then I never really did it again, was mm. um, playing a video game to a brief or under duress or with mm. some sort of time pressure mm-hmm. is one of the most unpleasant experiences imaginable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I had to play a game. I was, <laughs> I was a total imposter syndrome. I got taken to this uh, game launch thing in Paris mm-hmm. and they paid to get us all out there. And I went with my friend Tamer and it was jolly exciting. And then they were like, okay, so now we're going to show you the game and you can <laughs> play the first level. And we're like, cool. And I sat there and like it was one of those professional gamer chairs. Yeah and, stuff. yeah. and I sat there and I sort of started playing it. And I was like, oh, this is nice. And looking around going, oh, I like that. And then I yeah. realized that most people almost completed the level. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, oh, God. And, you know, I had to finish <laughs> the level because it was expected. Yeah. But I was by far the last to finish. Mm-hmm. And it was the worst feeling with all these hardcore gamer professionals and journalists <laughs> looking at you like, and what are you? It was awful. Oh, no, but it's because, like, before I played games, like, before I was in the industry, basically, I played games very, like, at a very relaxed pace. I like looking around for everything. I like trying to get all the collectibles and all that sort of stuff. So um, I have I have so many games that I'm, like, 80% finished and then never got around to finishing oh, as well because, yeah. like, I don't want it to end, so I just stopped playing. Um, oh, interesting. That's a, it, well, that is interesting. Yeah. Do you like, do that with books? <laughs> Uh, not with books, no, because I want to know what the ending is. But like, I think so much of the game is like experiencing you walking around. It's the experience, um, and I think that's the strongest part. Yes, um, I agree. As opposed to like the overall story, which I think is important. It's important that games have a good story, um, and there have been some games that I've played with incredibly satisfying endings, and I'm like, play the whole thing. They're usually as well like the shorter ones. Um, because they're, they're a little bit more concise and they, they focus more on the story that way. At the beginning, I was very much the same. Like, I'm always, like, way behind everyone. You're looking at everyone else's <laughs> screens and thinking, I've not, not got to that bit. Oh, God. Like, yeah. uh, basically, I've got to the point now. Years ago, I'm like, how long is this game? I want loads of hours. I want it to be the longest game possible. And now I'm like, it's three hours? Perfect. I will play that. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's for me. Good. Yes. Well, you can find the show on Twitter at NotTodayPod. That is capital N-O-T, capital T-O-D-A-Y, capital P-O-D. And apparently it streams live on YouTube.com forward slash not today pod, all lowercase. Guest Ellen Rose can be found on Twitter at Ickle Nelly Rose. That is I-C-K-L-E-N-E-L-L-I-E-R-O-S-E. And the host Jake Yap can be found on Twitter at Jake Yap, all lowercase J-A-K-E-Y-A-P-P. Also, apparently, you can find the show on ACAST. This A-C-A-S-T. It's actually under play, P-L-A-Y dot A-C-A-S-T dot com forward slash S forward slash not today pod. Spelled same as before. Next up, Strong Songs from Kirk Hamilton. Its description says, Music, it's good. On each episode of Strong Songs, host Kirk Hamilton takes listeners inside a piece of music, breaking it down and figuring out what makes it work. Very precise. So I will go on to describe it as saying, this soundcast features the type of granular approach to music analysis that, as a lifelong music nerd, I appreciate a great deal. Clip I've selected is from a show from August 11th, 2022, 
featuring the song Help Me by Joni Mitchell. Its episode description says, When I get that crazy feeling, I know I'm in trouble again. And that's it. Now, if anybody's familiar with the song Help Me by Joni Mitchell, they will recognize that that is uh, a song lyric. I, I have now, I've listened to a few episodes of Strong Songs and had been looking for an excuse to clip the show for our show. Thankfully, this episode I've clipped for you happened, and I could not resist the urge to clip this show any longer, as this is one of my all-time favorite songs. Here's a taste. So let's get into it. As you will see, Help Me is a very unusual song in a lot of ways, but there are a few things that I want you to keep in mind as we get into this analysis. So first of all, and really primarily, this song isn't in a solid key. That's one of its defining attributes. It's this flighty song. Well, really, it's less about flight than it is about falling. It exists in the air as the narrator realizes she's falling in love, but she worries about how she's been burned in the past, and she acknowledges that as much as she loves love, she loves her freedom even more. So it's a very in-between song, a very liminal song lyrically and also musically. So one of the big big ways that this song always feels in between and unsettled is in terms of its harmony. It's just, it has this unsettled feeling. As you listen to it, you'll never really feel like you reach a home chord. Each chord is more of a waypoint, a place where Joni and the band pause for a period of time, different lengths of time for each chord, before moving on to the next place. Sometimes it feels like it's in D. Most of the sheet music for this song is written in the key of D, but just as often it centers around F and G. And I think the song is purposefully written to avoid, to kind of resist the idea of a solid landing point. So it's constantly alternating between floating and falling. It never really takes a breather or sits still. So my goal with this analysis is going to be to help you orient yourself amid that tumble, you know, this song's harmonic and melodic swirl, to really see the song and the arrangement in its entirety as you move through it, and to just start to see it that way, rather than just floating along with Joni as she moves through it chord to chord. The more I learned it, the more I was able to do that, and that's a really beautiful experience. This is a beautiful composition when you view it as a whole. So let's start where else but at the very beginning with a guitar intro that tells you a lot more about this song than it may seem. So that opening chord, played by Joni on the acoustic guitar, is basically an A sus 2. It's an open A with an E, like a fifth, and then a B instead of a third. That's an A sus 2 chord. You can play that chord pretty easily on an acoustic guitar in standard tuning. You just drop two fingers down on the second fret, and you get that chord. This is what that sounds like. sounds fine, all the notes are there, but it doesn't quite sound the same as when Joni plays. So the reason it sounds just a little bit different, despite having pretty much the same notes, is that Joni is playing in an unusual open tuning. She has the guitar strings tuned in a pretty different way than standard tuning. Specifically, she's tuned the guitar to a C major 7 tuning which is a tuning I've never used before. It's very cool, and it's really kind of the keystone that holds together this whole song. So, C major 7 open tuning. Let's start with standard tuning. A standard guitar is tuned in fourths with a major third between the second and third strings. So it goes E, A, D, G, B, E. 
So Joni's tuning on Help Me is quite a bit different from that. She's tuned the sixth string all the way down to C and the fifth string also down to G, which is pretty standard kind of C tuning to get that fifth C to G in the sixth and fifth strings. The fourth string, she's tuned up from D to E, and the third string is down from G also to E. So both of those strings are on E. And then she's left the second and first strings on B and E. As a result, if you tune a guitar this way and then just strum it, you get a C major 7 chord just as an open chord. C, G, E, E, B, E. So what's cool about this tuning is that because strumming the open strings gets you that nice major 7 chord, you can just put your finger down across the entire fretboard anywhere on the fretboard. That's called barring. You just bar your finger across the board and you move up and down the neck and each time you do, you get a different major 7th chord. So major 7th, I've been saying that a lot. I've talked about major 7th a lot on the show, but just in case this is your very first episode, a major 7 chord is like a regular major chord, a major triad. It just has a 7th added in. So in the case of C, you take a basic C major chord, a C major triad, C, E, and G, and then you just add a B, which is the 7th scale degree, on top. So you get C, E, G, B which gives it this nice, lush sound. It's just a kind of bigger, richer sound. Like I said, I've talked about major 7th chords a whole lot. They turn up in a lot of songs. They're a really useful device. And the major 7th sound is the defining sound of Help Me. And the reason for that is entirely down to this tuning that Joni used. She basically turned her guitar into a major 7 machine, and as a result, almost every chord in Help Me is a major 7 chord. Help me, I think I'm falling Joni Mitchell is famous for using unusual open tunings. She would at times have a bunch of guitars on stage with her, each one tuned differently for a different song, and she'd just sort of cycle through them. I don't actually use open tunings that much in my own playing, though I talked more about them in my episode on Jeff Buckley's song Last Goodbye, and man, they're really fun, and they can open a lot of doors creatively. So you can find the show on Twitter, at Strong Songs, that is all lowercase, S-T-R-O-N-G-S-O-N-G-S. Host Kirk Hamilton, who also co-hosts the Triple Click podcast, which has been clipped before for Sakatash, can be found at Kirk Hamilton, all lowercase, K-A-R-K-H-A-M-I-L-T-O-N. And you can find Joni Mitchell on Twitter at all lowercase, J-O-N-I-M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L. StrongSongsPodcast.com is where you can find the show's main website. That is S-T-R-O-N-G-S-O-N-G-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. Hello, friends. Bill Haywatt here. As we move swiftly into midterm election season, now is the time to gingerly extract yourself from those time-consuming, soul-sucking political debates with your so-called friends in order to get on with the business of just living. But how to do it? That's the question. Introducing Henderson's new pushover pants, the perfect garment for those who just don't want to fight anymore. Unlike 
Unlike most pants that are designed to give you full stride for your ride, so to speak, pushover pants have both legs stitched together right along the inseam from crotch to ankle. If you want to move at all, you can only do it taking literally little baby steps. What's more, you are now an easy target for anyone looking to knock you off balance with a simple push, sending you tumbling down onto the ground. Now you won't be expected to stand your ground because you actually cannot, and your friends will be able to walk all over you on their way to the ballot box with you in no position to do more than roll around feeling sorry for yourself. Originally designed from Mamby Pambies, Widow Babies, and 97 Pound Snowflake Weaklings. Henderson's pushover pants are available wherever belligerent salespeople and dime store dicks are employed. That's Henderson's giving you a leg up since 1921. And now back to Suckatash. Thank you again, Bill Haywatt. Finally tonight. Trashy Trashy. I first featured a clip of Trashy Trashy's third episode way back in August of 2020, and now they have reached their 100th episode and are steadily sailing ahead to their 200th, one would presume. Over the last two years, this soundcast has become one of my weekly regular listens that I try to make a point of getting to when it drops, usually on Monday of every week. For those of you who have never heard it before, the description says, A podcast for garbage people by garbage people. We cover trashy news stories. Hosted by Cassandra Cardenas and Erica Curry. Mm -hmm. So the clip I featured is from their episode 101 from August 8th of 2022, titled Hashtag Not All Dressing, in which its episode description is a repeat of the previously mentioned show description. It also includes their social media links and a series of links to all the news stories they are sourcing for this particular episode, including the weekly inclusion of a Dumpster Fire of the Week story. In this clip features a story concerning dog parks, and their people. We have a new puppy in the house. Her name is Pretzel. And she is a puppy. So she has a lot of energy. And we love the dog park near us because it's the only way to get that energy out. This bitch runs and runs and runs and runs and runs. So you can imagine my delight at this next story. Oh, this was such a beautiful moment on, on the internet. So a Twitter user named Calhan, which is Kalan Rosenblatt, said, Guys, would you like to hear about the drama going on in the Upper East Side French Bulldog community? And I yes. said, yes. <laughs> like, I didn't even let her finish the sentence. <laughs> so, we take Nacho, her dog, to a nearby dog park. This is her verbatim tweets. We take Nacho to a nearby dog park where meetups are held for Frenchies once a week for one hour it's honestly amazing and everybody always has a great time the meetups are organized by a fringy owner who takes the time to do all this herself she has an instagram where she posts about meeting dates slash times lets us know if it's too hot or whatever she also posts photos from recent meetups announces where there's a birthday etc <laughs> it's great there's usually 15 to 20 french bulldogs each sunday morning at the park but like the meetups are friendly for the dogs and great but there are also non-frenchies there too it's just a fun way for the dogs to get together. Anyway, apparently this infuriated someone who owns a non-Frenchie and launched Stop the Meetups account, an Instagram account. Insane. <laughs> so one of the posts from the Instagram said, every week the small dog run in Carl Scherz Park is subject 
to 30 plus Frenchies plus owners during high traffic times. The dogs are all over 25 pound limit for the run and other breeds are not able to use it, which is against New York City Park rules, one post reads. Dogs from all over the city, including Chelsea, Brooklyn, and even as far as New Jersey are regularly invited and in coming to these meetups. The run is too small for this, exclamation point. So they're, they're mad. mad that they're but, mad that they're mad non dog that they're mad that other dogs are not are at the park. Like what are they mad about? That non Upper East Side dogs are at the park. Oh my god! They also called Frenchies hyperactive, leading me to believe that they've never met a Frenchie. And like, so they posted a photo from a few months back. This is not an overcrowded park. And again, it's one hour, one day a week, sometimes every other week. And so they, uh, they're also pretty mean to the person who started the meetup account per another Instagram post. The owner of the Frenchies of the Upper East Side account is rude and looks down on other breeds of dogs that are there. Some have said that she holds court and acts very holier than thou. They're also being so mean to the person who runs the real meetup account. The owner of Frenchies of Upper East Side account. Oh, oh it's the same thing. That's the same thing. Anyway, anyway. I'm eagerly awaiting the meetup host response. This is so silly. I will update you once the drama advances. So anyway, it led to an article in the NBCnews.com with, with a recounting of the debate. And the Instagram owner has not commented to the news. No, she's probably just like, okay, I'm done. Fine. <laughs> you win. Jesus. <laughs> I... <laughs> They have pug meetups in LA like once a month and they always do it at a different location. Um, and I thought that maybe it was because they were like trying to like spread it out so that if you have a pug on the West side, you don't always have to drive to Silver Lake or something right. like that. But maybe they're doing it to avoid this shit. <laughs> like of people being like, me, you've got too many French bulldogs in the way. <laughs> uh, I mean... <laughs> This is so stupid. And also, way to like, why not just approach the person with the meetup? Like, you have to hide behind your keyboard because you're pissed off about it? Mm. Yeah. She acts holier than thou and looks down on other breeds of dogs. And I'm like, bitch, they all used to be wolves. It's fine. Like, mm. also, here's your solution don't take your dog to the dog park on Sunday mornings. Follow the account, see when the meetups are happening, do something else that day. Yeah, Ugh, yeah. <laughs> there is definitely a small community at the dog park that we've been taking pretzel to, and my fiance takes pretzel more often than I do because he's just a little bit more flexible with work. And every time, like lately, he comes back and he's like, "Oh, I met such and such person and whatever," and I'm like, "Pretty soon, honey, you're gonna be part of the weird dog park group." where they all sit in a big circle this is like every evening mm -hmm. around like 6 30 or like between 5 30 and 7 30 they kind of filter in and out but they all sit in plastic chairs in a really big circle and chit chat with each other while their dogs run wild and uh and then like there's other people at the park who kind of just there's a very much a distance between the people in the circle Mm -hmm. And the non-circle people, we're we are non-circle people. And I kind of want it to keep it that way, but yeah. it's a community. People people know each other. Actually, I don't know any of these people by name, but I know a lot of the dogs' names now. Yeah, 
I'm like, you're gonna oh, find Harry's here and Cosmo's here. And oh, Peggy's here too. And nope, there's Marty. But I don't know these owners' names. <laughs> you're gonna find out when they the circle people, they're all fucking each other. Oh, I fucking hope so. So you can find the show on Twitter at Trashy Trashy Pod. That is T-R-A-S-H-Y-T-R-A-S-H-Y-P-O-D, all lowercase. Host Cassandra Cardenas can be found on Twitter at Cass Cardenas. That is C-A-S-S-C-A-R-D-E-N-E-S, all lowercase. And Erica Curry can be found on Twitter at Gilligal, all lowercase G-I-L-L-Y-G-A-L. Uh, the social media is, uh, you can find, it's on Instagram. It's uh, tr- it's also Trashy Trashy Pod. And you can find them on their own website at www.trashytrashypodcast.com. That is Trashy Trashy, spelled the same way. The word podcast spelled how it is normally spelled, dot com. And that completes your journey through the selected bits of audio that other people took the time to commit to a more or less permanent format, that I have taken the time to commit to an additional more or less personal format, that you have taken some of your time to listen to, and I'm very grateful for that. I'm grateful for a great many things of late. I'm grateful for the friends and family that I both have had and, through the recent nuptials of my brother, I now have. Or, I also have, now. Something like that. It was an amazing time seeing many people I had not for 20 to 30 years, perhaps. It was amazing food, and the ceremony was both very moving and succinct. I'm grateful that my parents were able to attend the marriage of their child in their lifetime. I'm grateful for the furiously expanding amount of perspective that time and life has brought and is bringing to me. I can even say that I am grateful for the Soundcast as a format, I don't know if any of my assorted audio content post-2002 would have even existed as it does had it not been for the Soundcast. Much of it does directly because of the Soundcast and because of other Soundcasters sharing it with their listeners over the last significant portion of my life so far. So, I can only close by saying thank you to all involved and to remind you that next week there will be something else for you to listen to. Epi 320. It will most likely be hosted by Mark Hershon and will feature something that he has taken some and or much of his time to find and or record slash create for you. So, if you enjoyed this and somewhere out there in the rest of your life land, someone should happen to ask you if you heard anything interesting or good lately, and we spring to mind, by all means tell them so. It's what we mean when we ask you to please pass the succotash. You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast, with your host, Tyson Sainer, brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Rate us and review us at Apple and Google Podcasts. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com. On Stitcher. On iHeartRadio. On YouTube. On SoundCloud. And wherever fine soundcasts are streamed and or downloaded. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Suckatash Show. Like us on Facebook. Email us at T-Y-S-O-N at SuckatashShow.com. Or call into the Suckatash Skype line at our toll call number 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us using our direct upload link at Hightail.com slash you slash Suckatash. 
Sarkatash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Sainer. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Sarkatash is executive produced by Mark Hershon. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Sarkatash. Goodbye. This has been a Succotash Patch production.